0: Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Bear Beach. We are uh, in the Bible tonight. We're going to be in two places. Um, just, well, We're going to be in Mark 3 and John 15. I would say if you're going to go to 1, go to John 15. And uh, uh, if you have the Bible app, if you click events, um, you can follow along. There's lots of detailed notes in there as well that you can follow along with. But we're in part two of a series called The Way, and um, we're learning what it's like to follow Jesus and really practically what it means and what it looks like to follow in the way of Jesus because uh, we, we... walking with god and relationship with god it is it is it starts with a moment of conversion where we say yes to jesus but then it's it's also a direction that we go in we're saying i'm going to walk with god i'm going to go where he wants me to go and so we're kind of learning practically what that looks like and we're learning how to follow and practice the way of jesus and this is sort of a threefold process that we're learning um, it's three things we put it on the screen it is to be with jesus to learn from Jesus, and to live like Jesus. So it'll be with Jesus, learn from Jesus, and live like Jesus. And our theme verse for this is Mark chapter 3, verse 14, which reads this. He, Jesus, appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. So we see here that they might be with him, that they would send him out to preach, learn from him so that they can preach, and to have authority to drive out demons to live like Jesus lived. And we kicked off the series last week and discussed why Jesus. So we began with really asking ourselves, why is it that we're going to sort of be with, become, or learn from, and live like this guy Jesus? Why him? Of all the things we could follow, of all the directions we could go in, why spend our life following after Jesus? And we sort of walk through that. If you missed it, you can go back and check it out on the podcast uh, tomorrow Uh, or tonight if you wanted to. It's available now. Tonight's will come out tomorrow. Anyways, I kind of confused myself. All right. Um, So we discussed a lot of reasons last week. Tonight I'm going to do my best to give some practical ways to be with Jesus. So practical ways to be with. So be with, learn from, live like. How do we be with Jesus? I've titled this message, "How to be with someone you can't be with." How to be with someone you can't be with. Now this isn't like some forbidden love, Romeo and Juliet, like star-crossed lovers type situation. Um, what is the primary difference between the twelve apostles being with Jesus and us being with Jesus? What's the primary difference? What's that? Jesus isn't here, right? Like the 12 disciples, when they were with Jesus, they were like, here's Judas, here's Matthew, here's Peter, here's Jesus. You know what I'm saying? For us, we're like, that's not our story. We can't be with Jesus physically. So how do we learn to be with him when we can't be with him? Now, although we don't have Jesus with us, we do have the Holy Spirit with us who is in us. The Bible teaches us that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us through his Holy Spirit. So we must learn then to walk in step with the Holy Spirit who's in us. One scholar said it like this, quote, the first and primary goal of apprenticeship to Jesus is learning to live in a constant state of awareness and connection to the Holy Spirit. That the first and primary goal of apprenticeship or following Jesus is to learn to live in a constant state of awareness and connection to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus teaches us this in John 15 is where we're going to sort of camp out. John 15, beginning in verse 1, it says this. Jesus, again speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I also in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in him. So he says... Remain in me, or another translation would say abide in me. And Jesus uses this word picture of a, of a tree and a branch and a vine and saying just like a tree or the vine is connected to that tree, so are we to be connected to Jesus. That we are to remain, abide, stay with Jesus. And this speaks of our mindset currently, And the goals for our life. We want to keep God at the forefront of our minds. Invite him into everything. Always be aware of thinking of God. And remain with him throughout our whole lives. So to remain with Jesus, to be with Jesus, means we're going to keep him at the forefront of our minds by inviting him into everything that we do. And remaining in Jesus speaks of longevity in your relationship with God. It means that 10 years from now, you're still with Jesus. You still have a relationship. That 20, 30, 50 years from now, you're still with Jesus. And he tells us that by remaining with Jesus, that being with him, this will produce fruit in your life. That this will bear the characteristics of God in your life. And the fruit of abiding in Jesus is the character of Jesus. Okay, so are you with me so far? He says, Remain in me. Abide in me. We do this, and we'll talk about it more, but we do this by keeping him at the forefront of our minds, inviting him into everything that we do. And we remain with Jesus by going with him for a long time, more specifically a lifetime. So we remain with Jesus. As we remain with him, as we abide with him, as we are connected to him, we begin to produce the characteristics of Christ. Our life begins to look a little less like us and more like Him. Here are some of those characteristics that will begin to be produced in your life. Number one is peace. Jesus, right before this in John 14, right before He talks about this picture of a tree and a vine, He says, This, He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. And then he says, don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Jesus had peace, has peace, and wants to give you peace. Can I tell you that peace is one of the, the, probably the most sought after thing in our world today? It's peace. To just be able to be content. To be able to be at ease in your mind and in your body and in your heart. That we would be more peaceful people with one another. We would have peace inside and we would have peace outside. But peace isn't found by seeking after peace. Peace is found by being with Jesus who is peace, who has peace, and wants to produce peace in you. Jesus says, I will leave you with my peace. One of the characteristics that will come out of your life and into your life as you are with Jesus is peace. And he says, not like the world's peace. Not this fake, fluffy, no depth type peace. But a deep healing that God wants to bring to us through remaining in him. Some of you guys, that I mean, we could probably stop the message here. And just be like, we need peace. Can I tell you, Jesus is where you find it. You don't find it by searching for peace. You find it by being with Jesus, who is peace. And so peace will be produced in your life through remaining in him. Um, Number two is everything else. So characters that will be produced in your life... Peace, I wanted to highlight that because I think it's important. But then secondly, just everything else. Listen to this, Galatians chapter 5. We know this verse, but it says this. But the fruit of the Spirit or the byproduct of remaining in Jesus or the characteristics of your life as a result of being with him is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. These are not just good values that we should try and get. These aren't just virtues that like, hey, try to have these things. This is the personality and person of Christ. These these fruit of the spirit, these characteristics, they're not just like, hey, just these are good virtues, this is how we should all live. Jesus embodied all of the, Jesus was this. Jesus is Love, he is peace, he is joy, he is kindness, he is all of these things. And so by being with him, all of the, everything else is then produced in your life. And it's developed in us as we're with him. And then the third thing I wrote is all the things we talked about last week. So I think we, yeah, all of these things. That he's most creative, wisest, compassionate, loving, joy-filled, powerful, interesting, caring person on the planet. And all of those things will then be produced in your life. That you will become more creative, with more wisdom, more compassionate, more loving, more joy-filled, more powerful, etc. As a result of being with Jesus. So, we'll get into in the next few weeks more specifically on how we learn from Jesus. But what we're going to do is, is, this is the result of abiding. This is the result of remaining. This is the result of being with Jesus. So then, how then are we with Jesus? Okay, two points. Number one, if you want the life of Jesus, you must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Okay, if you want his peace, if you want his patience, if you want his compassion, if you want his love, if you want all the things that is Jesus, right? All the things that make him who he is and make him so appealing and attractive to us today. If we want the life of Jesus, you must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. couple ways we do that. Um, part A is My notes are so random tonight, but whatever, is through our rhythms and routines. Rhythms and routines, and I got a few of them for you. First is scripture or God's word. The lifestyle of Jesus, scripture, God's word. God wants to speak to you, and the primary place he does that is through his word. So let me encourage you, part one, like if you want to hear from God, if you want to be with Jesus, get alone with God's word. Open up your Bible and read it. Carve out some time in your day that you're going to sit by yourself and you're going to read God's word. You know, I think all of us are busy. We are all busy. I'm sure you can find 10 minutes to read God's word. Do you guys get the alert at the end of the week about how many hours you spend on your phone? It's pretty depressing, honestly. You're like, you average five hours a day. Like, what was I doing for f- So let me just tell you, let's let your average go down to 4 hours and 50 minutes so that you can carve out 10 minutes a day to be with God in his word. And let me tell you how to do that. You need to do that um, uh, consecutively. What I mean by that is pick a book of the Bible and read through it. Don't just, I think sometimes we flip and read. Like we just like, or like we just scroll and I'll read that. And you're like in Ezekiel 32, and you're like, huh, this is a little weird. All right, thanks, God. So let me just encourage you. Pick a book of the Bible, some great places to start, John's gospel or Mark's gospel, the book of Ephesians, the book of Philippians, um, the book of Romans. Like these are great. So just open up, read a chapter one day. Think about it. If it's, if it's it Sometimes it'll be profound and powerful. Other times it'll just be like, okay, I read for 10 minutes. And pick it up the next day. Get in God's word. That's where God wants to speak to you. Um, and then secondly, read it consistently. Make it an aim. I'm so proud of myself. I, I don't know if this is good to brag, but I, I am currently at 373-day uh, streak on the Bible app. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Some days I've just opened the app. I I just felt like I needed to get that off. There have been days. There have been days where I'm like, I need to open the Bible app. But I do, when I do open the Bible app, I at least get the verse of the day, okay? So don't, don't judge me too hard. Read it consistently. Okay, secondly, how do we be with Jesus? It's through prayer, talking to God. Pray. God wants to... Hear you. God wants to listen to you. God wants you to talk to him. God will talk to you through his word, primarily. He does talk to you other ways, but primarily through his word. But God wants to listen to you. God wants you to to talk to him about your day. He wants you to ask him for stuff. He wants you to just ask him for crazy stuff. Like God, would you would you do a miracle in my life? Would you heal this person? Would you give me purpose? Would you give me clarity? I have no clue what I'm going to do with my life. Would you help me? God wants to talk to you. God wants you to talk to him. The third thing, uh, how we be with Jesus, we we listen to God's word, we pray, but we worship. We praise God. God wants you to uh, uh, give him worship and thanks. And we do that corporately, like what we have been doing this whole night, We did it through music, and we're doing it now as we open up God's word. Worship is more than just music, but a big expression of it is music. So we do it corporately together. We do it individually. Find ways that you can worship. And part of that is like turning on a worship song in your car. Absolutely, that's worship. right? In the morning when you're getting ready, turning on worship music. Absolutely. But it's also just gratitude. right? Worship is God. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for where I'm at. Thank you for what you've brought me through. Thank you that you're not finished with me yet. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my one friend or my 10 friends. Thank you for my mom or my dad or thank you for my, 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 my guardian. Thank you for the life that I have. Right, that is worship, gratitude. And that's how we be with Jesus. Number four is church. Right, we be with Jesus in church. We meet with God. This, this, we connect with God when we come together. This is through, we do this through community, through building of relationships. One of the things that, that makes, that gets me excited is when, when people come here really not knowing anybody and they get grafted in. In other words, they like meet a friend or they have people. And it's like, you, you see that like it maybe, maybe didn't start here, but it really flourished here because we're building community. We're building connection. And we, we are with God when we're with one another. Not, not entirely, but oftentimes we meet with God, or not only, but we meet with God in church. And then the fifth thing I would say is I call them sacred habits or spiritual practices. God meets us in the natural and in the spiritual, and we need to grow in our spiritual practices. Now, this is, this is poor language. The, the words that I'm saying is, is probably better ways to describe it, but I just wanted to kind of give us, it's more like major and minor ways and less about, because it's not like prayer or God's word or church is not spiritual. That's not what I'm trying to say. But there are more, I I guess, minor or obscure ways that we connect with God. Um, That is through Sabbath keeping, which Shane is going to teach us next week about how to practice Sabbath, um, which is going to be awesome. Fired up about that. Um, uh, Fasting. And then uh, what, what many people call silence and solitude of just not really talking to God, not really taking in God's word, but just learning to breathe and be in God's presence. So silence and solitude. All of these practices are modeled by Jesus and in the New Testament. And these are the primary ways or things we do to be with Jesus. God's word, prayer, worship, church. And then spiritual practices. This is the lifestyle of Jesus. And I could have given you text for Jesus, for everyone, where he is quoting or in God's word, where he's praying, where he's worshiping. Do you know Jesus sang? One of my favorite passages. They had communion together. And it says, and then they sung a hymn. Just such an interesting verse to me. He sang. He worshiped God. He met together with believers. And then he practiced these these different spiritual practices. So we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. The second thing I would say is not just in our rhythms and routines, but also in our intentions and reactions. We have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. So intentions and reactions. What are your goals? Where are you going? What do you dream about? Where do you want to go? Where where is the direction of your life heading? And we have to set our mind towards the things that God would have us to set our minds towards. Jesus set his mind above all else on doing the will of the Father. Jesus' primary objective while he was on planet earth was to do the will of the Father. So what are your goals? What's your ambitions? Is your primary goal to do the will of the Father? Or is it to do the will of me? To do whatever I want, to find happiness or satisfaction or purpose or whatever it is, or is it to do the will of the Father? And then secondly, not only your intentions, but your reactions. How do you react to things? The lifestyle of Jesus was intentional and compassionate when he was confronted or interrupted. Like there's a story over and over in the gospel where Jesus is heading a direction and he's interrupted with something else, right? Anybody ever been interrupted with something? Like you're trying to do something and you're interrupted and distracted. How do you react? I've got stuff to do. Like I'm busy. I don't have time for that. Like ah, another thing? Are you kidding me? Like how do we react to things when they don't go our way? Jesus, he was filled with compassion. He would slow down. And he would be with people. One of the weirdest verses, in my opinion, in the Bible is Jesus gets gets news that his friend Lazarus is dying, is sick and dying. So so far Jesus has healed people, he's performed miracles like he and this guy Lazarus is his friend. And they're like, "Hey, your friend Lazarus is dead." And Jesus hears this, he's like, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy." And then it says he stayed a few more days where he was and then went and saw him. They're like, "What?" Jesus wasn't in a rush. Jesus isn't running around like, "Oh, I got to get on to the next thing." Jesus was very intentional. He was present. He was aware of what was going on. What about us? How do we live our life? What are our intentions and what are our reactions? Are we present people? Are we here? Are we aware of what God's doing and where he's taking us? Or are we distracted people? All right. Many people want the peace of Jesus or the compassion or the love or the justice or the confidence or the purpose or the patience of Jesus, but not everyone wants to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Um, If you're going to be a successful athlete, you must adopt the lifestyle of a successful athlete, right? Practice, diet, priority, sleep schedule, all of these things matter if you're going to be a successful athlete. You can't just eat whatever you want, stay up as late as you want, do whatever you want, and expect to be a good athlete. Right? You have to say, if I'm going to do this, then I have to adopt the lifestyle. If you want the life of Jesus, you've got to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Okay, second point. I'm going to close. Worship team, you guys can come up here. This is it. In order to be with Jesus, you have to learn to be in two places at once. I'm going to say this again. This is good. This is like I've been moving towards this. Okay. If you want to be with Jesus, you have to learn to be in two places at once. What? Period. Period. (laughs) On God, on period, right? (laughs) Brianna's saying that was enough. People are walking out. That was too far. Um, I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right, point number two. Hey, up here, up here, up here, up here, up here. We got to learn to be in two places at once because we can't be with Jesus physically. So we have to learn to be with Him as we live our lives. There's a book um, that I read this year called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's a great book, it's really short, like you could read it in a half an hour. I, I read it um, in it took me a few weeks because I read basically a paragraph a day during my morning Bible reading. But basically this book um, it's a it's a collection of letters and talks by a 15th century monk by the name of Brother Lawrence. and Brother Lawrence was a, a cook in a monastery. you guys ever seen the movie Nacho Libre? Yeah. so. Brother Lawrence was essentially Jack Black's character in um, Not Your Libra. Although he didn't make it his life's mission to be a wrestler, um, he made it his life's men- mission to be in the presence of God. And what Brother Lawrence, really what this book is a, not really about, it's just it's explaining and showing. Um, but how to be this idea of two places at once. He said this, um, Brother Lawrence, qu- quote, The time of business does not with me differ from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were upon my knees before the blessed sacrament. What he's saying is he's learned to invite the presence of God into his life no matter where he finds himself. So there he is in the kitchen, you know, cooking, like, bread and soup maybe. I don't know. If it's not your libra, it's, like, salad. And he's, like, doing this. But um, so he's in the kitchen making food for other other monks. And I love that he's not, like, he's not a monk doing, like, real fancy or cool, I don't know if monks had cool jobs at all, Um, but uh, he was cooking for the other monks. That was his life, and he said that, he said, I encountered the presence of God in as powerful and real of a way while I was making food and people were talking to me, and it was all noisy and busy as I did when I was alone in my room praying on my knees with God. Because what he learned is how to be in two places at once. So what I'm trying to say to you is you are in the classroom and you're also, also with Jesus. Like you're at work and you're also with Jesus. You're with your friends and you're also with Jesus. You're here at church and you're also with Jesus. Right? You're, you're scrolling through Instagram and you're also with Jesus. And we do that simply by inviting him in and, and bringing our mind to an awareness of God. Right? It's just, it's basically, I think so often I, I, I was talking to, I think it was you. I think I was talking to Charles this week. And, um, but I, 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 just, I feel like my life, this is, we should get the camera up here so you could actually see this. But I feel like my life is like walking along like this. And so often the presence of God is just like, just feels like it's there like, it's kind of like I'm like this. Like, my life is just kind of like, and it's just, it's missing. Does that make sense? And so what, what, what I'm talking about is just going, God, you're here now. God, I'm aware of what you're doing here and now. It's not as distant or over there or foreign as it feels, but I'm learning to be in God's presence now. More of an awareness with God. Learning to be two places at once. Learning to say, okay, I'm here, but God, I'm also with you. I want to connect with you. I want to invite you into everything that I do. And there's, there's practical ways we do that, through the word, through prayer, and all that stuff. But my sort of challenge to you is to just, can you invite God into every area of your life? Don't, don't just create these distances between, like, God life and regular life. Learn to invite him in into every area of your life. Because that's where we find what God wants for us. That's where we find the blessings. That's where we find the direction. So often we're like, I feel like I never hear from God, or I I don't have his peace, or I don't understand what he's doing. And it's like, well, you're so so overwhelmed and so caught up with everything else. How are you going to hear from God? Because God wants to speak to you, He wants to be with you, and so we got to invite Him in. I'm going to close with a, a stupid story, but um, it's in my notes, and I, once they go in the notes, they don't leave. Um, so when I was in middle school, I was sitting in class, and uh, the I think it was the yearbook team or whatever came in and said. Um, hey, whoever's on the golf team, you're taking group photos. So like three kids from my class get up. Now, I'm not on the golf team. But they're getting up and leaving class. And I'm like, I'm on the golf team now. Like, I'm like, I'm going to leave class and go take this. So I, I split class. I'm like, I'm going, I'm on the golf team now. And the kids are like, are you on the golf team? I'm like, I am now. Literally, that, that was how I joined the golf team. There was like two, I think the golf team at that time was like, Two other kids, and they're like, yeah, we need anybody else. So I, I got in the yearbook photo, and then um, I, I d- had played golf, like, maybe once or twice at the time. Like, I had a set of clubs. But I, I was, like, so ADD. I didn't like being – I never did after-school sports because I didn't like staying after school. So, like, I would, I signed up for flag football one year. We tra- We got on a bus and traveled. I'm like, that's not for me. And I quit. I was like, I'm done. Um, And the same thing, like, with golf. I was like, staying after school, like, practicing, no thank you. I don't know how I finagled this. This is like, this story just resurfaced in my mind the other day. But um, somehow convinced the coach to not make me practice or hang out after work. But then I went to the very first um, tournament. Like, I went. And I think it was at uh, Sandwich. Anyways. I remember getting to that tournament, and the primary reason is because I didn't want to be at school, I wanted to be at home, and so I wouldn't stay there. So I got to the first, I got to the first tournament, and uh, I was, we, were pl- we were playing like some fancy prep school, and we were all good at golf, and I remember teeing up, and I like, did like a practice swing, and I accidentally, like I didn't even hit the ball, but I just like, whatever I did, the ball fell off, and they're like, that's a stroke, and I'm like, What? And, like, I remember, like, 18 holes of just, like, feeling so uncomfortable, terrible at golf, horrible at golf, like, so bad. And, you know, like, when you're in a place that you don't want to be in and you just feel so uncomfortable, you're like, is it so hot in here? Oh, my gosh. And just thinking, like, why didn't I, why didn't I go to practice? And the reason is because I couldn't be in two places at once. I couldn't be at home doing what I wanted to do and be at practice, but I would have saved myself the difficulty and the pain and, like, the scar that is still in my mind of being in that situation. The reason I I know that's dumb, I probably should have just ended the message five minutes ago, but I just want to say, like, sometimes when we're unwilling to learn to be with Jesus where he wants us to be, then we find ourselves in places that we shouldn't be at, Because we haven't decided or invited God into our life to be with him, learning to be in two places at once, so we avoid the difficulty of where we might end up. You with me? And it's important for us to say, okay, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to quiet my mind. I'm going to set up these practices and these rhythms and these these disciplines to be with him so that I can go in the direction that he wants me to go in. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray for us. Father, we thank you. For your grace, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we can...